Everybody, welcome to the On the Grind podcast with your host Justin Brown. What's going on, folks? What is going on, man? I do hope everything's going well for you. Uh, man, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, man. Just trying to put this next episode together, but we were able to do that this past week, and I'm happy to happy that we were. Um, but yeah, man, what's going on, everybody listening? Uh, I hope you're doing well. Uh, I just said that. It's fine. It's whatever. I do care. You know what I mean? Just a little lost for words right now. It's late. I'm trying to get ready for work tomorrow. Um, but I'm not going to talk too much. Um, I had a solid couple of past weeks, you know, doing comedy, all in preparation for the DC Comedy Festival. And, the, and I'm happy to announce I'll be hosting at least one show there. Uh, DC Comedy Festival is taking place course in washington dc april 10th through 15th uh go to dccomedyfestival.com to check out tickets venues and stuff as soon as i know where i'll be at in the times i will definitely be sharing that on instagram facebook uh, twitter and uh anything else i can pornhub if i can put a video up we'll see if they let me but i'm very excited to be able to do that but uh that being said it's been a long few days for me so i'm not gonna ramble on too much do want to shout out everybody that's, you know, been doing Let Me Do Comedy this year, whether it's uh, my man Bad Guy Flex with his shows, or whether it's uh, some of the open mics. Uh, I usually hit up Rudy Wilson's Purple Lounge in Arlington, uh, Travis Spencer's Jollies out in Alexandria. The Goat ran by my uh, comedy brethren, Broken Mike Comedy out in Clarendon, uh, and, of course, the D.C. spots, Bus Boys and Poets, for uh, letting me pay five dollars to perform, but crowd's always solid regardless of what venue I go to. But uh, really appreciate being able to do comedy this past couple of weeks. Uh, that being said, though, we're gonna go right into the show. Uh, the guest today is a friend of mine at comedy. His name's Alex Brown. Uh, we've been doing it comedy about the same amount of years, about four years or so. Uh, he's one of the definitely just one of the most funny dudes i know just being regular funny that being said uh we chopped it up this past well past let me stop saying that we talked chopped it up yesterday uh while he was busy being a family man tending to his child so you'll hear some of the child during the interview and you'll hear some of his girl uh during the interview too potentially but uh shout outs to them they were all great guests in their own respective way but uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get to this episode of On the Grind. Stay tuned. Alright, man. Welcome back to the podcast and shit. Uh, this is your boy Justin Brown. I have our special guest today. Go ahead and introduce yourself. 
This is Alex Price. Suck <laughs> <laughs> <Except> my balls. <laughs> this is uh, Alex Brown. I'm a comic. Um, Justin finally invited me on this little dumbass podcast show. You're welcome. And I was a contingency. I was a backup guest. So sure, I don't backup. know why he said special guest. I was a plan B guest. But that's fine. But yeah, I'm a comic. I've been doing comedy with Justin, I guess, for about four or five years. You're four or five? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Give or take. I'm, I'm just year three. Weren't you? Didn't you do RV? 20, you I started RV? 2015. I really? started 2015. Yeah. Because I know I, I have recordings from like early sets. I, that's how I judge dates. Let me see. I thought you started 2015. Notice he's not a professional comedian. He can't even tell no, you how no. long. Yeah. Oh, okay, you know what? You might be right. You might. Okay, maybe it's 14, 15. 14, 15. You started 14, yeah. You've been doing it longer. 15, you like a few months after me. I thought it was April 2015. I judge everything. I'm, I'm not good with time. I judge everything by school year. So this is my second year <laughs> at the school year I'm You at. started in 14, 15 school year. Where was, what school was that? This was, um. Second term Obama. No, Second. I can't do it like that. I gotta think. I gotta. I gotta go school year by school year. So, okay. So this year, last year I was at Blake. Year before that I was at Woodland. Year before that I was at Piney Branch. This makes for great podcasting, by the way. Fifth year, yeah, because I, I, I was doing it. Yeah, so I'm at five years because I was doing it. So you started. Ooh, thirteen. That's five. 14, 15, 16, 17. Oh, hold on. 14, 15, 16, 17. Okay, maybe hold on. 14. That could work. So you started in 14. Yeah. 2014. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Damn. All right. So you are ahead of me then. Yeah. I don't feel as bad. I was thinking, okay, if he started after me. I hate anyone that starts after me that has a little bit of promise. I get that little jealousy vein and shit. Oh, that's good. That was a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's also it's, a little bit of promise. That's <laughs> such a piece of shit. Did you watch Frasier? Nigga, yeah, oddly yes. enough, I, yes. I, here's the thing. Uh, anything when I was going, no, no. Yes, but only because. I'm not saying you watched the whole box set, but you've seen Frasier. Yeah, because right? okay. I was limited to certain channels growing up. Okay. Frasier. And that's only I because just, it came after the Steve Harvey show. Oh, I think that was a show right after On Steve WB? Harvey. Yeah. Okay. Seven to eight o'clock. I can't turn the channel because wrestling comes on at eight eight thirty, so I gotta wait for that. That's true. I watch Nigel and whatever the hell his other name is. Uh, the Crane Brothers. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. That was I, yeah. I, it was just you could you you give off a little white black David Spade from time to time. He wasn't right? on Frasier. No, okay, not David Spade. What's his, what's the character? What's the guy's name? I don't remember. I don't remember. Frazier. No, but his brother. Not Frazier. Nigel. Nigel. Yeah, right. Yeah, Nigel. Nigel. Yeah. Frazier Crane. Because that was, Frazier was a spinoff of Cheers. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I ain't know that. I just know it came on after the Steve Harvey show. You're like 26, aren't you? I'm 28, man. Okay. Shit. All right. Uh, hold on. Anyway, up. back to that. I'm Alex Price. Um, yeah, and I'm a dork that was... Frazier growing up and shit, but you are a dork. The Frazier part doesn't make you a dork. You're a dork on your own accord, but you are. But yeah, you just give me a uh, little Frazier nigga. I'm a funny. 
Frazier. It wasn't even any black people on that show. It wasn't. It wasn't. There's only like a handful of shit I would watch with There's No Days. Seinfeld is one of them. Why? Seinfeld makes me laugh. Funny. Really? Makes me you wouldn't expect that from you. Hearing your jokes and shit? Because he doesn't say anything about sex. Or uh, baby mamas. I don't think he's ever said the word phrase baby mama. I don't. Listen. There's only one person who I go to for that sort of shit because that's not my reality. That's Corey Hochul. You mean that's alive? That's alive. Because there's lots of people. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's alive. Okay. I'll give you that. But the only person who I who I go to for that sort of shit is Corey Hochul. Everyone else, I don't want to listen. I don't want to listen to no other comics talk about baby mama shit unless it's funny. I mean, I feel yeah, like that's our job. Right, it, it, it almost seems like I uh, doing corny shit. And even if it's not, I just, that's the funniest shit that I've made. It, it, it seeps into my brain. So that's really his whole lane. If I hear you doing it, I'm like, you got that shit recording. Although, he has, you, you listen to 5150, right? Yeah, he's a TK Kirkland disciple. Oh, but oh, you want to go oh, that shoot. far? I was going to say, he is funny in other lanes too, but. That's why you go there. You go to him for the baby mama shit. But the but other, you're right. The other shit is funny. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. That's he doesn't get enough credit for that. At all. For the other shit that he does. Literally makes, I think, anything funny. Yeah. He got his, you know, his own demons and shit, but that purely raw funniness, I will take Nobody him over. Yeah, yeah. That. Mm. Did you see the episode with Jimmy Martinez? Mm, I don't remember. Oh, I, I turned too, it off because that nigga was too loud. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, Jimmy Martin. Talking about dicks and shit. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, look, the only thing I say, the oh, reason I brought that up, Jimmy, Bar- Jimmy Martinez and Patrice O'Neill were cool. Oh shit. And, and they were talking, and he said that Patrice was Patrice was talking to Jimmy because I guess Jimmy had just come back from California. He was like, uh-huh. well, who you fuck with? He's like, oh my man Corey Hogan. So Patrice goes out there. And Jimmy is telling the story on the 5150 show. Okay. And he was like, and then he comes, Patrice comes back. And he's like, I'm watching Patrice perform, and it's just, it's just a different type of vibe. Like it, it's just, it's just reckless abandoned truth. And he was like, Who you who you out there with? And he was like, I was with your man Corey Hope. And he was like, This is this is Jimmy talking about Patrice interacting with Corey. He was like, you know, he just gave me this. This un- uninhibited valve to just let that shit go off my just just to let it go and to be honest with how you interact and deal with whatever's going on. Uh, you know, I don't want to just narrow it and dumb it down and say in the relationships of men and women, but probably with everything, yeah. but because that is Corey's hallmark. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you know that's uh, that was one of the main things. But yeah, he was just like you know uh, that he was they fuck with each other. Yeah, well, and Patrice was influenced rather. Right, Patrice was Corey. influenced by Corey. Yep. And then Corey went on to say, he said, you know, people come up to me, they say, oh, you remind me of Patrice, and he, you know, he kind of smiles it off. But in, in actuality, it was the other way around, and I just, yeah, that was crazy. I thought that was so dope because I, Patrice is an East Coast comic, and Corey Midwest nigga, but you know, LA. LA. Yeah. And just to hear shit that they, you know, fuck with each other. Because when you when you start doing this, you realize that niggas don't like each other. They're like they're not <laughs> friends and they're not cool. It's, and it's, not that you expect yeah. it, but it's just like, oh man, that's crazy. 
you, you just because you see niggas on shows on a fly together, them niggas don't take that shit at the same time. It's a picture that they got. Yeah, niggas don't like each other. And they hear that the two niggas that that at least uh, I listen to when I really want to laugh. That yeah. made me feel good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's examples in other obvious places and shit, like, uh, you know, Tony and Dave. Right. That's the other big one that less people probably know about. That's true, which is crazy. But I, yeah, I'll say this. Before I just started doing comedy, I, I didn't know who Tony was, was. But after, and I saw him. Yeah, I was like, oh, I can hear, I can hear Tony and Dave's voice. That's crazy, yeah. and I, like, I thought that was nuts. I was like, wow, this is might be the funniest nigga walking the earth right now. And he's an RB making everyone laugh about silly shit. That's just crazy to me. How half the time you might even remember what he said, or you you can't even hear him sometimes because he mumbles. But this shit is funny. Had the whole room cracking up. Uh, with ease, with relative ease, ease. ease like. Not, Sweating or nothing. I've never seen him sweat. When, when we was at RV that time, but like right before it was winding down, and the the two the two scoops, the, the lumps on the ball. <laughs> in the game, you remember that shit? Oh yeah. I don't even remember what the fuck he was talking it about. It was okay. Tony was on stage, and all right, Tony Woods. DC legend of comedy and shit. Just a quick story. RFD was a bar, one of the biggest. Open mic, longest running open mics of recent memory Great in DC. Show. Yeah, ran by Ralph, Ralph Cooper, his cousin Jason, uh, both of them good dudes. But uh, Ralph ran the show, and uh, I think it ran for like six years up until like a year or two ago when it closed down. Listen, I had to give him that. I had to give him that. I'm going to tell him what happened. I'm going to tell him what happened. Nigga, wait. No, I hate this shit. No, you are listening. Wait. Anyway, one night Tony's there. He always drops in late. You know what I mean? And gives us a little special something at the end. Uh, and it happens to be in the front row in front of the stage, a dude with like two large ass lumps on his head. Like everybody can and see he was it. Bald. And bald. So <laughs> it was apparent to everyone. And, you know. Like bald in the face. He didn't have no hair on his face neither. That's what was really funny about it. Uh, no, here's the funny part outside of that. Like everybody else skipped over that shit that night. Tony gets up there, <laughs> he looks at him, doesn't say shit, does some jokes. Looks at him again. He's like, "What's up, man?" <laughs> he said, "Some, some." Yeah. What's up, man? Hey, nigga, let me finish the fucking story. There's more. Anyway, he's like, "Yeah, you, Tony interacted with you softly to set you up for that silent kill." And uh, he notices his, uh, his head and shit. He's like, "What's going on with your head?" Well, he's got two large sumps, and and he he makes that fucking cartoon sound. It's a, it basically said he looked like a, a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon. Somebody took a mallet to his head, right over his head. It's, it, you had to be there or tell the story better, I guess. But Yeah, I was hoping you were going to do the latter. God damn, that's just shut up. Hey, that's what I just said. He had up in there. He just made fun of the nigga. I don't remember what he said, but it was just funny. It was the shit. Looney Tunes shit. And then, like this, it's one of those laughs that you remember the laugh. You remember who like, that's why I remember he was there. Jessa was there. Uh, and was everyone dying. was laughing. It was, was just dying. funny as shit. And that was the great thing about RV. Uh, that's kind of my um, barometer of time, because I remember, I remember going to RV one time. This is before I did comedy and wanting to do it, and I, I just, I didn't, I didn't get the email or something, and Dude. I waited like maybe a year or two, Damn. and then I found from who? From we mean? Just anybody email? You ain't getting no responses. No, no, I didn't. I, I didn't email. I did oh, you just submit. showing up? And yeah, shit. I just went. Okay. And I was like, oh, it was a comedy because I had been interested in comedy. 
I, you know, I'd always given a fuck about comedy. I just never made myself go do it. Yeah. And then I finally, I finally went to RB because they used to have a comedy club in Laurel. Jumps on us. Oh. I think that was the name of it. Off. Uh, that wasn't Eddie, was it? That was um. I don't remember. I don't know who showed up. But, but I just remember hearing about it on the radio yeah. when I was younger. I was over there on, on Route One, or not on Route. Yeah, this Route on Main Street on Route One. Because Lowell gets kind of uh, Confederate flaggy the more you go down. Yeah, RV was uh, RV was dope. I miss RV, man. And you didn't want to bomb at RV. Niggas would not let you forget. And if you did bomb, like all the is is because there'd be like a stage and there's a crowd to the left, crowd to the right, crowd in the middle, and then the bar is behind the crowd in the middle. And all the comics would be in the back by the bar talking shit, blah blah blah. And if you bomb and you got off stage, you walk to the back, nigga. Well, nobody nobody dapping you up, nobody says shit. Because <laughs> nobody don't want that phone on them. That shit, man, I remember that shit. That shit I still had to go up that night. Ain't nobody trying to touch you after that shit. But uh, RFD was good, though, man. It was the first place I ever just showed up. Third time doing comedy. I just showed up to the jump. Then email advance was like, hey, you know, I'm new to this. Is there any chance I can get on tonight? Coop was like, yeah, I'll put you up. Brave enough to come ass essentially and get some stage time. So yeah. ever since then, I started fucking with RFD. And, That's the uh, first place I got on. My my, really? my first time touching the stage was RFD, and I yeah, the first time I got on, uh, I don't remember most of what I said. I don't remember anything, and I just remember getting that like quick. No, 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 no. <laughs> it no, felt no, quick, I or you actually got it. It felt quick. I didn't get the like. I remember I was doing good. They were laughing. Yeah. But I just I don't remember anything I said. I don't remember. I just remember hearing laughter and it being like I thought it would be in terms of having a, the light and just looking into a crowd and just talking in a microphone. But actually, what I said, I have no clue. As a matter of fact, that was, that was the night I met uh, Brent Wingate because I had a tie on. Brent Wingate uh, made fun of my tie. You had a tie? I, I was coming off work. I had some teacher shit on. Ah, okay. Yeah, Parent teacher conversation type shit. Something like that. Yeah, I was trying to okay. be professional. This is I was still in my little pussy ass school program. Hey man, don't the kids love you though. At least they got no. Well, the kids love me, but I'm ta- I'm not talking about okay. I'm talking about me in school. Oh, not okay. me working in school. Okay, fair enough. So how's that changed in terms of when you get on stage now and shit? Like how of course, you know, the first time is gonna be a rush of like what the hell's going on during the headlights type shit. How do you feel now getting on stages? Like what when feelings? When I'm prepared, oh, yeah. I'm good money. I go fuck. If I'm good, if I'm I'm, I'm prepared, I'm good. If I put some thought into it, I'm good. If I haven't prepared, I still have enough to go up and not look like an asshole. Okay. Um, but the only thing with that is it it robs you of trying new stuff out and just just to get it out, just to see how it sounds because. If you're not prepared, you go up and you're just like, all right, well, I'm going to just pull this out of my ass. You know, because, you know, you know, you have to put thought into trying new stuff, just like you have to put thought into going up with your with your good five, your good seven, your good, you know. Because okay. if I don't go up prepared, then I'm going to just do the shit that I know works. You know. How do you know it works? How do you know? How, how often do you, because here's the thing, like when you do comedy and shit, right, if you really want to see if your shit works, Common knowledge, long-standing wisdom, whatever you want to call it, is you have to test them on the road. That's true too. So how do you, how do you know what stuff works if you're always trying to? Well, that's a good, that's a good question. I guess, 
I would say the stuff that I feel comfortable with. Is that it, if, is that it if it didn't, that if motherfuckers just looked at me like, I'd be like, oh shit, they didn't laugh at that. Okay, well, da da da. And also, I've gotten more comfortable at being able to counterpunch. And if it doesn't go the way I expected to, just, you know. Like punch somebody people, in the crowd with no, some no, no, words? No, no, no. Or like... not, not like that, but just <clears throat> be able to react to some shit that I didn't. Like if they didn't think the punchline was funny, yeah. counterpunching and then making fun of that, of them not laughing and then being able to keep going through what I'm no, going through. Just like just, staying in the moment. Yeah, staying in the moment yeah. and not letting not letting a zig fuck up fuck up my my trip. I'm still driving. It's not like, oh shit, yeah. I gotta oh fuck my hands are off the wheel. I'm, you know, dumping papers out looking for some shit that I said three years ago. No, it's just like, all right, well fucking yeah, whatever. We're gonna keep going. Staying in. Yeah, it's, it's just less panic. It's less panic. I, that's that's how I feel more comfortable. Less panic. It's okay. Y'all are gonna. I'm still got the mic, and yeah. nobody gonna come get me off the stage. So. And you didn't feel like that the first time you went up. The first. Time I didn't just... feel like that early, but also, <clears throat> uh, uh, well, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't feel like that early. Like, if if, if there was a early when I wasn't doing good or some shit didn't land. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, these lights are bright. <laughs> like, fuck. Like, whew. In your head? Or, the light? You, or you were saying it out loud? Like, oh, In my head. Save me. In my head, okay. yeah. And But now, I don't mind acknowledging that some shit didn't work. Like, oh, ugh. And I, you know, that's, I think that's uh, just you get more comfortable on stage. You know. True. How many times do you think you've been up? Um, a lot. Not not a, a lot in the time span that I've been doing it. Because How often do you try to make yourself go up? Let's put it like that. Because you, you know. Again. Now that I have a family, I, if, if, I, if I get up three times a week, I'm happy. And I try to do it to where I'm doing more than one mic those three times. So if three I can max like six mic, if I can get six mics in five days, I take that and with with the family. But when I didn't have a family and yeah. I was uh, when I was living at home or when I was living by my living with my roommates. Yeah, I was out every night. Yeah, every I remember night. That. Monday, I remember that. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Except <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And but that's when you that's like that's that love shit. Like they say if you don't if you stop after three if you quit that three year period, I've heard Eddie Lyles say for th- three Eddie Lyles is who? For those that don't Eddie Lyles is a comic, room runner, producer, uh in DC. Um Broken Diamond Comedy. Shout out Broken Diamond Comedy. Yep. DC Comedy Festival coming up. I will be on the festival April 10th at... As he checks. I will also be on the Comedy Festival hosting somewhere or somewheres. Yeah, me and Justin probably will be, be in the same room we go. Probably. They need all the Browns on one show. It's me, this nigga, and a white dude. Probably. Uh, to right balance right. it out. April 10th, I'll be at Cloak and Dagger, 7 p.m. April 12th, I'll be at Bus Boys at 9. Bus Boys and Poets on U Street at 9 o'clock. Uh-huh. Shout out to Eddie Lyles and the DC Comedy Festival. But, um, yeah, in the three years, but that, like, when you first start to do it, like, that's not, I've never experienced anything like that. Because I've always been a sports guy. I like to be a part of a team. Yeah. And I've done things past sports. But then it's like, it's like, once you do it, like, I'm sorry, after that time I did it at RFD, Nigga, I was hooked. I was hooked. And I remember 
that's this is back when Alex Starr was shout out to Alex Starr, uh, DC Comic, who used to put on a lot of shows, used to put yep. on a lot of motherfuckers. Alex, yep. Alex Starr would give you time. <laughs> if you showed up, you would get time in Alex's room. And sometimes people were there, sometimes it wasn't. But he always gave a motherfucker an opportunity and still does a lot of shows in New York. First time performing in New York was yep. because of Alex Starr. Cosign, Broadway shout out Comedy Bravo, Club. Yep. So shout out to motherfucker Alex Starr. Good guy. Um, uh, but with that, after that first time, and yeah. especially if you do good, you're like, yo, I got to keep going. And that's that's like how, that's why the thing I always think about what school was at. Because I really don't remember what year it was. I, I'm trying to think if I was dating this girl. I know I was dating a girl, but I don't know if I was with her when I started. I think I might have been. So that was at um, Piney Branch. I know it was, I was at Piney Branch Elementary when I started. Shout out Miss Higgins, front office. You already know. She crazy as hell. That's my baby. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's just that like when you start, and you just like a bug. Like They don't be joking. When people say that, you don't know the fuck we're talking about. You just think we're all saying it because it's the thing to say, but that's just really what it is. You just keep going up, and then once you, I found the DC website. Um, what the DC uh, stand up DC? Yeah, the stand up DC website, and it it like had every mic on Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you're like, oh shit! I put them all in my phone, the address, time, and where they were, and you get your ass on the metro. And you figure that shit out. You show up. And sometimes the room wasn't there no more, but it didn't matter. There's another one close by. Thankfully. Yeah, thankfully, you know, DC is not like LA where you got to, you know, go to different counties to do the shit. But yeah, man, that's what we did. All right. In terms of just for some context and shit. So in terms of uh, priorities, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, it's different, you know, when you have a family and you don't. Mm -hmm. But. As I've told my girlfriend before we started dating, and this is experience from dating other women while doing comedy, I've had to shift my priorities to make comedy number one. And what I explained to her before we started dating was, regardless of whatever else happens, I have to have comedy as my number one priority because everything else falls in line after that. Can't support you and the family if I'm not doing my comedy and that's what I want to do. Can't support my current family if I'm not doing comedy and be able to contribute that way. So right now, my priorities, top five are 1A. It's, it's like 1A, 1B, 1-2 is my health and comedy. And I get that from Patrice O'Neill, of course. Uh, three, it's my family as of now. Four is her. And then five is whatever the fuck five is. She's moved up from five to four as the relationship has developed. In terms of your priorities. Shout out to you, girl, go from five to four. Assy, bitch. She, she might get the three one day. Hey, that's, that's, that's you get the, a three. Yeah, damn. Hey, man. But nah, it's important because, like, look, it works that my health is important. I can't do If my health's not good, how the hell am I performing? But at the same time, though, if I don't have something to drive me, which is comedy, then what the, the hell is everything else? Exactly. Exactly. So the 1A, 1B type shit. And then three is family because that's who I want to support immediately. Right. So maybe five is like the fans. In terms of your priorities, though, what would you say are your priorities now, and have they changed since you started? Um. Yes. They. I mean, well, when I started, I was just I was just going out. I wanted to get on stage, and I just wanted a microphone and be able to talk in front of people. That was okay. dope as fuck to me. Um. 
but now that I've I've done it and I've kind of just I just look at different people at different stages and I learn from them. I do have goals. Uh, my goals in comedy are I want comedy to get me a front yard. So I want to be able to get a house. I want to be able to travel the world, and I want to be able to just meet and connect with people who I wouldn't normally have met. So that's my goals within comedy. That's probably my my priority. Um, it would be my family. And number comedy. one. Yeah, my family's number one. I mean, <clears throat> comedy aside, like if you had to cast comedy aside, we're talking about family. Okay, well then, well then, I, I would <clears throat> never. I'm talking. I, I was doing comedy before I met my girl. So you know, she knows what the fuck. The, the first night we met, I took her to Sally's. So she knows, nigga, that's what I do. And this is a part of who I am. Uh, I don't think there will be, and we've had a conversation before, it's like, it's not going to be no scenario where I just stop doing comedy. Um, so that's clear cut number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know? But it's not like, but it's not like a thing where it's like, <laughs> if you, if you don't do that show, I'm leaving. You know, it, now, can it get to that point? Yeah, but that's because I've done some shit in the midst under the umbrella of comedy where it would make her feel some sort of way. But comedy itself, no, nah, man, comedy is, and it, you know, i tell you what's fucked up. Well, let me ask you this. How much information do you give your loved ones, family, girl, about what you do. Because I did it once. I took my mother to a show at RV and Ralph put me on for some reason. And I, I said some <laughs> wild shit. And, and I, but I wasn't going to perform. I just wanted to show her because uh, I was just going out at night. She didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Were you, I, I still, at the, told were you still at her house? Yeah, I was still living at my mother's house. Yeah, to explain so yourself. I told her, I told her, no, I've been doing comedy. And she knew. But I, I just took her to a show. I took her out to eat. It was like a, you know, a date. Took my mom out. And I said some wild shit on stage I wish I wouldn't have said. And she thought I was trying to embarrass her. And I wasn't. I just was nervous. So I mean, so our relationship was fucked up for a little bit. But uh, I lost my train of thought. You asked me how or what do I tell people? Okay, okay. And with your girl, like, do you give her super detailed accounts of shit? Because my girl asked me the other day, she was like, you know, do you feel comfortable talking with me about, you know, stuff about comedy and about your shows? And I guess I think a part of it is I don't invite her to shows as uh, much okay. because I know the difference now between a mic and a show, a of feature. Course. So I invite her to features, sure. but also I've known my girl, I mean, I've known my girl longer pregnant and with child than I did not knowing her. Not. It's a different dynamic, you know what I mean? Right, exactly. We're still okay. learning each other. Put like this: if, if if me and my girl have known each other for X amount of time, yeah, I've known her more pregnant and with child than I did without her being pregnant. So we kind of went fast on this shit, but you know, that was X like, plus baby yeah, is okay. greater than X exactly. minus baby. And I would listen. Yeah. I went out. I did a show, motherfucking a day or two after my son was born. She was in a motherfucking hospital. And I left out, I took a lift, I did the show, I came back. Priorities, so, like, man. Priorities, right. It's like, but what but I'm not just gonna leave and the shit be fucked up. Yeah. Like I just won't go if it's already fucked up. But once I make sure that you're okay and you're good, like hey, are you cool? I'm gonna go, blah blah blah. Yeah. I'm gone. 
I gotta go. But sometimes I feel guilty. But I think this is just because I've been tired during football season. Man, once I get home, I got practice. I coach football. And by the time I'm coming in the house, if I sit on the couch, nigga, I might not make an overnight on a Tuesday, Wednesday. I had to get out of that. But kind of, that's kind of made me a better all-around family man. Because yeah. when I when I, I get my son, I come home. I, she didn't have a car at first, so I would have to pick her up. I pick my son up, pick her up, come home. As soon as we get in the house, I'm letting them get situated. I'm making food. I'm making dinner so they can eat. If I gotta bathe him, I get to get him a shower. I'm I'm out of here by seven thirty. Shit. And, right. I, and then I'm hitting the streets, and I may not get back till eleven thirty. Depends on who I'm hanging out with. May not get back till one three o'clock in the morning. Have get up, go to work, repeat it. So you know, but but I was operating very seamlessly or streamlined. You know, having a family it just makes you. Because luckily she knows that I give a fuck about comedy and it's a part of me. But I guess I, I got carried away. She wanted to know, like, you know, do you feel comfortable talking to me about comedy and stuff and what's going on with that? And I was like, I do, but this has been a thing that's for me. This is my thing. Of course. So I don't give you a lot of information about it just because it's, it's just my shit. You know what I'm saying? And I was I was asking... Does does your girlfriend ask you questions about it? Not like super in depth questions, but you know anything about comedy or, or, or how much yeah. information do you give her? So our, I mean, I had been doing comedy what two years before we started dating, right? Easily. So one thing I told her from the jump is that how much comedy is important to me, mm-hmm. how it's the priority, and that is going to take precedent on anything we do because anything we do will have to be built off of. The, the work I do in comedy. Now, you, that being you, you said, said it very straightforward. How does she take it? Because I, I know you you don't have a... You're not very charming. I'm charming. I didn't say you're charming. Right, okay. So you did that on purpose? Yeah. Okay. Because it's that serious. Like, I can... Okay. Normally serious. I have charming qualities. Uh, I know how to be charming in the right situation. But am I naturally feeling like I want to be charming? No. Okay. So what I told her was that. You do what, fit, what you will. If you really into me. And then from there, she took that information, evaluated it, said she was cool with it. Yeah, um, rocking ever since. Yeah. And I mean that needed to be done. That's based on trial and error with other yeah. women and stuff. Especially once you feel like you like her. Yeah, you know what I mean? And there was other women I thought I liked, but they were either taking away too much from comedy and uh or just doing some other goofy shit where they needed me more. That was taking me away from it, so that had to get kiboshed. That being said, in terms of transparency, I, I tell her as much as she wants to know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, in terms of how much I share, some people can say I overshare, but I don't think it. I bounce ideas off of her. I touch yeah. jokes on her when she's not expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk a lot of philosophical shit. Like We talk just a lot about everything anyway, so comedy's bound to come up. And I think that probably helps our relationship because she knows... Just from that, how much I actually am thinking about comedy, how important it is to me. That's a very underrated part of it. Having someone that you told this is my passion. Yeah. And you can vouch, because I vouch it off my girl all the time. And sometimes, even just in our conversation, some shit, I'll say some shit and she'll react to it. Like, okay. Are you doing like a jump, though? Because here's what I do. She's my girl. 
I'm a little gullible. She's probably a little gullible too. So I deliver it, knowing she's a little gullible. So like I was, it's like a a, a sneak diss, if you will. Just da 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 da. This happened. This happened. This happened. Do you think this is right? Punchline. She's like, you made me sit through all that shit for a punchline. It's like yeah, but I had her, and I know the punchline works. It's just whether it resonates with her or not. So I. I can take that to the stage if I need to. It's not how I'm delivering stuff on stage right now. But I know that at least I can get people interested. Stuff, you definitely, you, you, you be long and drawn out to get to a punchline. Yeah. But it's got to be a, a haymaker knockout. I just meant in the, in, in the sense of, because I do the same thing, but mine is it's just a conversation. We're just talking. And if I say something or I hit on an idea. You punch up a conversation. Yeah. Okay, I don't do that. My shit is playing. It's guerrilla war. No, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, you just it's, don't know it's when it's casual. coming. It's very casual. We could be talking about something, something that she did. Like I have a joke about fucking breaking down weed on my girlfriend's master's degree. Yeah, her master's degree is right over there. We were talking about it. I called her. I think I, I saw her something like he's black elitist or some shit. And I said I'll break down weed on that motherfucker. And I heard it, and I pictured myself breaking down weed, and I could just picture a bunch of women being so upset at that, and it made me laugh. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I'm going to put that on stuff. And I wrote it, I said, I wrote it down. So. But it I, works, I think though. If you, it yeah, works, exactly. Too. I think if you have, if you have someone that you love and care about, and they know this shit about you up front, yeah. it makes it so much easier. And because they're, they're a woman. And also, if you're funny, the motherfucker you with better be getting funnier, too. My girlfriend is funnier than she was when she met me. True. And she will not like to admit it. True. But that bitch wasn't funny before she, she met me. She takes after you. In exactly. a weird way. And that's weird to say nowadays because, like, I know a lot of women get upset at that shit. But my girlfriend has learned from me how to. She already knew how to spot bullshit a little bit. But, like, how she handles it definitely takes after me now and my influence on her. And she's told me this. It's like. God, I, I hate how girly some women are. It's very annoying. Just a lot of talking, a lot of emotional. Just be logical for a minute. That's enhanced, she said, because of my influence on her. Mm-hmm. And that and um, come on in here. We talk about you in a good way. Oh, you got your little, little pictures good. taken care of. For the folks who are listening, if you're still listening, shout out to the two subscribers. I'm mahogany and Aaron. Shout out to you. My, my girlfriend just walked in with my child. We're talking about you. And um, remember the question you asked me the other day about uh, do I feel comfortable sharing comedy stuff with you? Oh, yes. Hey, we're doing a podcast here, Isaiah. Shut the hell up. That's how you talk to your kids, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all right. But um, yeah, we were just uh. Oh, has he made you funnier? Do you feel he's made you funnier? Is there influence of Alex on you? Yes. I would say he's made me funnier. Okay. Whether you liked it or not. What's, what's... I think it's a defense mechanism. Like, I have to be able to defend myself against his jokes. So, it's like, it's just like... Wait, I, I, I say awful <laughs> shit. I'm trying to tell you. People think I say bad shit on stage. She hears me say terrible stuff. Shit I wouldn't yeah, say on stage. because that's the real you. You ain't got to exactly. you you know shuck it down for nobody. She calls me problematic and misogynist. She's calling that shit all the time. Like, you're so problematic. I that's why I don't bring around some of my anybody. friends because I know how they'll take it. I get that all the time. Right. Yeah. You can't break it. As we see, your girl's got more king to bullshit. I think she is too. Uh, but I think also... 
But not my bullshit, I, just bullshit yeah, that's bullshit happening and whether she wants to tolerate it. Nigga, we're going for some retreats. You know what the fuck is going on? Nah, it, it, it may, I mean, it might be, uh, what's the, ah, when you like hit by like a straight bullet, what's that shit called? Innocent bystanders type right. shit. Like, they innocent bystanders. The, what's, no, the, no, no, no. The shit that's going to happen anyway. No. They just I happen to be the ones around. If, if you're a comedian and you're funny and you have someone that you spend a lot of time with, and who sees you down on stage, and who sees, who hear, who who will hear a bit, yeah, in a conversation, yeah, and then, cause I, I repeat shit, so I she's probably heard me say it in a conversation in three weeks, maybe once or twice, and then if she, then when she comes to a showcase, she'll hear the joke and be like, okay, that I know where that's from. The whole process, yeah, she'll hear the whole process of it. I think that and just deal with uh, just a, an asshole dude. Will make you more callous and but yeah, she's like I Tough have to be on guard because I fuck with her. I say mean observational things sometimes. I don't be like, "Hey, you dumb bitch!" I don't say stuff like that to her. Yeah, if I do. I'm joking because she's smarter <laughs> than me. Hey, Connie, aren't you smarter than me? You can't hear it from the other one, but it's she, so cool. she's smarter than me. There you go. Book smarter than me. She's not like motherfucking real world smarter than me. I mean, that's another similarity we have, too, if anybody cares. Like, my girl has a master's, probably, going back, a master's probably going back to her, for her doctors and Save shit. Save me just, if you want to get a PhD. All that yeah. shit. I mean, I support it. Yeah, all I the way. always support you going to do it. I just, you know, move that's the way it is, man. You kind of need, I think, a, a, at least a smarter, if not a smart girl. What bad habit did you pick up from comedy? Ain't no bad habit. The only you thing, pick up no bad habits? Nope. Here's the thing. So I'm gonna do. This might not be on the now, podcast. How can you really say? How can you really be involved in it unless you're just that? Oh, well, here's the thing. I'm gonna tell you. This might not be on the podcast, but essentially, I'm very compartmentalized. Grew up very compartmentalized. Part of that's from militaristic style family type shit. Yes sir, no sir. That's all that happens and shit, mm-hmm. which is cool. But that means I don't get to share, develop an opinion in a house that I'm in most of the fucking time. All my shit happens at school. So I'm used to being one way from my parents. And family, one way in front of friends, one one way in at the job. That was work, Justin. It's family, Justin. It's friends, Justin. There's different types of Justin. Actually, comedy's helped me release and mesh some of them joints together, mm. make me kind of synthesize them all and become me, more me. Like I'm, I'm. I haven't told my parents yet I do comedy, but what you've been doing for like three, four years? Your parents don't know you do stand up. They just think I'm boring. I grew up boring. boring. I grew up boring. Exactly. In front of them. So now you get a chance to be boring in front of strangers? Hey, man. <laughs> as long as they want to pay to see, dude. That's what that's I'm true. That's what it is. But, like, it's actually helping me mesh that's shit together. Because I know I'm the it's same a work. way it's everywhere. Work. I'm the same way everywhere. It's bad. I got drunk last night in front of my coworkers. The motherfuckers who don't know who've yeah. ever seen me drunk, they yeah. were like, this nigga's crazy. But the one who has... She's like, yeah, that's, yeah. Well, don't the real They tried to cut me off. I was like, bitch, I got mine in a bottle. I, he can't cut me off. <laughs> but also, but that's that's my comedy style. That's how I figure out what's funny. By touching up for the random people. Yeah, or and we're, we're talking, and you just think this is a random thought, which it is, but I have crafted how to bring it up. You've been thinking about this shit all yeah, week. Yeah, I've been thinking about it for 20 minutes. Hey, the one night your girl lets you out the house, I'm going to stick it in there somewhere. Y'all just okay, not gonna know. Don't it. say that. That's a bad analogy. Don't do that. Don't <laughs> That's not an analogy. It's a reality. That's a reality. No, no, no. I'm talking about with strangers. 
Yeah, I've been here strangers. with conversation because I don't get a chance to meet new people. When you're an adult, you don't meet no new motherfucking people. You, the people at your job, and I work with retarded kids and old ladies, Damn. and that's not the most liberal crew to tell jack off you jokes can, to. That's true. That doesn't mean you can't meet new people as an adult. You can. You just gotta travel to do I, it. I don't mean you gotta get out and do stuff. Man, I'm boring. Like I'm boring in the sense of what I'm I glad do. you admit that. As much as you put know. that on me. I have a great personality, but the things that I do, uh, boring, I, mean, yeah. I coach football. I do comedy. Other, other than that, man, I'm trying to jack off and stay in the house. Do the fuck alone. Unless it's some, unless you know, unless it is in a relationship to one of those two things. Now I will go out after a show and, and if jack I'm with, off on the football field. Mind your business. <laughs> if I um, if I'm with comics and we are hanging out. Yeah, we're just hanging out. And yeah, I of course. I do then, but that's bullshitting. But that's in in a in an umbrella of comedy. But other than that, I don't unless I'm with my family. I don't want to go do stuff unless it's fun. Unless it's like drugs and alcohol and Teddy's hanging out, which is very few and far between the case. I mean, you can do all that with family. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> you don't know, man. You don't know family. What? Shut up. Everybody goes over with family. All right. I don't go out with my family. I don't. Man, listen. And also, as I've gotten older, I don't really have any friends. That's your fault. She's my friend. That, yes. So no, is no, my no, girl. No, no, no. no like, she's she my confidant. She exactly. is my, the person I rely on. That you hang out with. I don't hang out. I don't see no, I see y'all more than I see my friends. That's the comedy life. Like, that's, you know what sucks? We are friends in the terms of comedy. <laughs> We're friends. Because I see you. I see you three, four times a week. Yeah. Because we we both choose to be there, and we that's speak. comedy. Yeah, though. that's comedy. Niggas that you know, it's it's hard it's hard to get niggas to come see you. Niggas say they come see you, and, and then and ah, I gotta go. 20, yeah, 20, I had to do at a show I was about to do randomly. It's like yeah, I'm about to do comedy. He's like all right, I'll try to stick around. They leave when the host goes up. We were friends. Yeah, I don't have no friends. I mean, I have friends, but we're just not close. Uh, and it's you, you can't know, be unless you unless dedicate time. Yeah. yeah, you gotta dedicate time to them in order to maintain a friendship and shit. Yeah, yeah. Those niggas move, niggas doing other shit. Now, if we're Go really cool, schools and shit. if we're really cool, yeah. we don't gotta see each other. It's just we we text, we say all type of wild shit. Or and if I trust them, I like to think that the two niggas who I well, it's more than one, more than two, but. My smartest friends, I send comedy to. Check out this link type. Yeah, yeah, just just literally tell me what you think. Cause yeah, one thing he gave me a tag for a joke. That shit was funny. He like he, he's a writer. He did stand up one time drunk. He did it twice. And the first time he was good. Pissed yeah. me off. Made me so mad. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't tell him. What's his name? Rob. All right. Call he me. Just, <laughs> that was for me more than it was for anybody else. No, but he just stand up and he, he was told us told us long drawn out story, but it was funny. Like me, that's not like me. And I was so upset. I was like, this nigga's good as I was mad as shit. I was hating. I was like hating, like don't do it again. But then it's he like, why it can't again. I do that? No, shut up, Justin. <laughs> and it was just like he, he bombed, and I was like, Whew, okay, good. He's yeah, bitch, don't, yeah, don't, no, yeah, this is real life. But yeah, you don't have no friends no more. It's just the niggas who you do this shit with. I mean, that's what it is, dude. Like, I don't know how most people grew up, but I transferred school like two, three times. Like, I went to a private school, and then I went to, L- then I went to a public school. And then from public school, I tested into uh, STEM school. 
So like, I never had the same group of friends. Never had the same group of friends, but that's good for comedy because that's all the shit is. Oh, I'm messing with these people at this room and this room and this room. They moved to Virginia, so they stopped doing it. All right, so I stopped. I mean, it's clicky. I was the only child. I'm about to try to start getting into this on stage. I was the only child till 11. In the suburbs. In the suburbs. In the suburbs, yeah. Uh, my brother's 19, so there's a big-ass gap. So I had a lot of time of being an only child. True. And it's like, you you got to go make friends or just be in the house. And then when you're by yourself, you got to make fun. I got to do something to entertain myself. I'm going to destroy something. I'm going to get it. I'm going to fuck it up. I damn. Don't leave me around the uh, girl with a flame. Yeah, nigga, I would burn this bitch. Not like I burn it down, but I just fuck with shit. I just, let me see if I can just light this flowers on fire. There is something wrong with you. Burn shit That's down. probably why you in comedy. No offense. It says it's supposed to be something wrong with you if you do comedy. Yours is, you got. I'm not a pyromaniac, but I'm crazy just white boy tendencies. Alone and talk. I'm used to talking to myself. If you were white, you would be shooting myself. up a school or a gas station. I wouldn't burn this shit down just to you see. You literally it burn, just made the. But I would do the, shit. The I would just want to do experiments just to see what, what, what happens. I wonder what power. the inside of this cat looks like. No, nah, I wouldn't do that. Let I me cut him up. I love animals too much. Did you get that from you or from Patrice? No, I've always, I, didn't, I don't like cats, but I like dogs and shit. I love animals. Cat, yeah, dogs. Would you step over a homeless man? They get, <laughs> they get to get to a dog. You're trying to feed. <laughs> I, I, I had dogs. I had dogs growing up. Then what happens to them? There's the same thing that happens to everything else in the living. They you die killed at some them. point. All right. All right. When I say my son's name, light and soft, he doesn't respond. When I like bark it, he'll turn around. Who's this big black man yelling at me? What's up, man? How are you? You good? Just yeah, he's laughing and shit. He, he wants to be on the podcast. Bless you. All right, let's see. You, all right, hold on. Priorities question. Finish that joint. I'm going to send you two more. I have to wrap priorities? it up. What are your top five priorities now? Um. Or do, you, do, do they need an earmuff? No, it's... Okay. My family... Comedy. Not just because you're here. He said that before. Just trying to help uh, build community and shit. So your family comedy. See, that's another thing. You don't have to build community. She no. She's. Are you getting any new information? No. You are no. securing this. It's good to hear. She's smarter than me. She does. She's way. My more, girl's smarter she's than me. Way better at her life than I am in my life. That doesn't mean they don't need reassurance. That's it's true too. To anyone. But but. Just a motherfucker who come in here to do a podcast couldn't throw a rock at our, our And that's how I want my girl to be that tough. And she probably is at I that think, at the least. Like you and me. She look at you like, what? It's also how you're trying to be dismissive of me when you know I give the best secondhand advice out of any nigga. You oh, know. you do? I, hey, Justin Brown, if you want some advice, go to Justin. Now, it may not be the best for you, but it is good advice in general. Exactly. I had taken a lot of advice, and you do with it what you will. But at least you... I've heard it. Com- uh, my family, comedy. Um, but my health, and then coaching football. That's it. it was five. I don't have one after coaching football. So everybody else can fuck off. Well, that's. I mean, that's. I tell you, I do two things. I'm either coaching or I'm doing comedy. If I'm not with my family. How long do you expect to do coaching now? Coaching goes hand in hand with school, coaching. right? Yeah, I've been doing coaching, but this past year was it was it was rough. Yeah, not rough, but it, it was rough because it was a new baby. Uh, rough for you, not rough for football. 
Well, everything everything was different. I've been coaching football for six, seven years. Right. I've never coached it with a with a child. And, you know, I had uh, a girlfriend who was recovering from having a child and trying to work and my mother was watching the baby. And so and plus my job like during the day was stressful. Yeah. Once I got to football practice, I was like, okay, cool, I can just do football. But I, I would leave practice early and then go get him and then come home or pick pick her up and then come home and, you know, do all that and then try to go do rooms. Try to go do open mics during the week. Be responsible and then do Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, it's just stressful. Um, I want I want to coach football as long as I can do it, which is I can do it. I mean, it's not like I'm getting paid. It's volunteer shit. So it's not like I have a contract. But as long as I love doing it. And in the off season is different, especially now because I'm still in a building, but I don't see the kids as much. When I didn't work in the building, yeah, it was like out of sight, out of mind. But then once, like, once summer hits, and you just see more football, and you just like, oh man. And then once you get to going around it, it's like, oh yeah, football season's about to be here. So yeah, after football, I ain't really too much else. You a hands-on fan? Ah uh, no, I'm a hands-on coach. Like, I'm being a fan of football. You a fan of football? I'm a fan of football, but to you a also agree. Yeah, no, you're a fan that's fan enough to put hands on it, to want to be there. You're motivated enough to want to be there. Or is it because of the kids that you're a fan? You fan of the sport, you fan of uh, supporting kids. That's what I'm it is. both. I'm a fan of I okay. love the sport of football. Yeah. But I, but working with the kids, that is also what you want to do. Yeah, like I'm trying to say I didn't realize like it's, it's a lot more fun seeing someone do what you taught them to do and being successful. That shit. That's, that's a teacher, high man. Up there. Yeah. That's teaching shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to fucking, that's, man, being a regular school teacher, that's just suck. If you have any inkling of what, as a black male, how can I sit up there and teach you about some shit that happened 200 years ago in fucking Europe when motherfuckers are getting blown up in well, the country ain't today? Yeah. Exactly. And that was one of my reasons for being such a shitty at Paralyze year. I just didn't give a fuck. I was like, man, I don't give a fuck about this. I remember we were in class. Yeah. We were doing something on the Nazis, and they were the Nazis fled Europe. They went to every damn near part of the or part of the world where they weren't getting and, yoked up and shit. Yeah, exactly. And they found a Nazi in goddamn Brazil in the 1990s, and then we were watching this video on it. And I remember after the video was done, before the teachers, I said, "Wait a minute." I said, "Let me explain something to you kids, because most of the kids were black and brown." Yeah. Do y'all realize that they went across the world? And chased motherfuckers for 40 years for what they did in the internment camps. But not one white person has gone to jail over shit that happened in Mississippi 50 years ago, 40 years ago. All these white, like, they don't do any of that stuff for black people. And yeah. nobody, nobody is held responsible. All those motherfuckers who got beat up and it was burned. Legal, and it was legal. It, it was legal and hung for you no reason. If it was nobody legal, gives then. a fuck about that. And nobody cares about you all, if we're being honest. And How they take it? They listened. And whether they heard me or not, I don't know. But I know I said it. Because I've not said it, and it bothers me. So you were it's not in your stomach. Yeah, it's like at all least right. I told them. I gotta tell my football players. Like, listen, when y'all go out 
if you're dealing, like, you got to keep your head on the swivel. Motherfuckers will shoot you. These cops will shoot you. Whether right or wrong, you, you good at football because we care about you, that don't make a damn bit of difference. You will get shot. And I would feel... I feel better if I say something. I'm dealing with 17, 16, 15-year-old black boys. Who I don't know if they all they got that their dad. Luckily, I had my dad who told me and my friends. But we got a damn near all black coaching staff. So, that doesn't say nothing. Or? Oh no, 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 but but like so, it's a little easier to say something, you know, to to be like, hey, you gotta keep, you gotta be honest with the kids. They respect that. They respect right. honesty. Same like with the football stuff. I'm not gonna tell no fucking kid I was this. That was so amazing at college, high school football, and I went here. One, you can look it up, and two, it'd be lying. If you honest with the kids, like, hey, listen, I was pretty good at high school. And here, we're, play, here I am. Yeah, I didn't play no college ball. I played maybe one year at Bowie, and even then, I wasn't eligible to play. I was just on the team, but it was fun being a college football player. is very fun. So, notoriety and shit. Yeah, exactly. Listen, if you're going to go do it, remember that you're part of a system. You're just a number. And when you get hurt, if you get hurt, they will put somebody else in there. Yep. Just remember what football is doing for you. Get your education. If that's what you really want to do. If you don't really want to do it, don't give your, your energy to it. Or just know it's a means to an end. Okay. Do you, how do you see race and comedy? And how it may or may impact what you do. Also, where is your bathroom? <laughs> Thank you. I'm like, also, where is your bathroom? You're such a fucking asshole, Justin. <laughs> Go ahead and talk. I'll be back. Race impacts every fucking thing. Oh, shit. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Oh, room, boom, boom. I mean, I think race impacts everything. everything. But I, I don't... Comedy specifically, though. How do you see comedy, it? Comedy specifically. Like, somebody yeah. else asked me, that, like, as a black comic, do you think... Like, no. It's, you know, I'm a comic. I, my experiences are Alex Brown's experiences. They're not every black guy's experiences. I don't have child support experience. I don't have child support jokes because I don't have no experience with child support. I don't have crackhead jokes because I don't know no motherfucking crackheads. I didn't grow up around crackhead. I don't have... Goddamn! Uh, exactly. That's what so I'm you saying. don't pay it. Everyone, but but uh, people think that's stereotypical black comedy. And I mean, if it's delivered a certain way, it can definitely feel that way. But I think that people like to get upset at black comedians because white white comics say the same misogynistic, fucked up, racist shit. All it's of just them. because they wear a fucking T-shirt and jeans on stage while doing it, it doesn't come off as rigid. It sounds it sounds worse. You got a nigga with chains, tattoos, like, yeah, but you da, 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 da. But if you're just a, a mealy mouth white guy and you make jokes about rape and shit, it's like that shit gets swept under the rug. Or not swept under the rug, but it's just motherfuckers don't seem to have a problem with it. And uh, my Connie said something about Monique. Yes, Monique was motherfucking low-balled because she's Black and a black woman. Now, has she been in the game for a while? No. So, no. I'm not going to... Okay, wait. Wait. Wait a minute, Monique. Has she done done any comedy recently? She's not listening. I know, but she might. Her people. Yeah, exactly. She hasn't done comedy in a while. But she's been in the game forever. She's got a Hall of Fame resume. 20-something Hall of Fame motherfucking resume. 
But yeah, all the fucking shit that's on Netflix. Keep on going. Oh, okay. Bye. Bye. Your child is. Yeah, I see you. Uh, you know, she's got a whole fucking resume, so she should be able to get more than what they offered her in comparison to Amy Schumer. Now, if we're being honest, Amy Schumer did pack out motherfucking Madison Square Garden for however many days, and wasn't a movie, a shitty movie with Goldie Hawn. So that's a part of it. But the fact you can't just say, "Oh, you offer five hundred thousand and all the other well, That's bullshit. That's fucking racist bullshit. And um, so it's two sides, but you can't deny that that's bullshit and that that's racism. But as far as the intersectionality of being a comic or being a black comic, um, more pressure. I would damn near say it's more pressure to be yourself. And if, if, if you are not what they are expecting, it's more pressure to be like if you're not an expressive run around on stage type of person to just sit there and talk. It, it's more pressure to do that, to do what you really are or to be your real self. Like I'm I'm silly, but I'm just not expressive. I In front of anyone or certain audiences. Probably in front of black people. Sometime. Because if you got a motherfucker who, who on stage who running around, and motherfucker laughing at shit up, and then you come on with your with your monotone, you stand there and you're talking. Yeah. You gotta really be funny because you're you're, you're doing such a 360 from what maybe they either were expecting or were wanting to hear a continuation of. So sure. it's more pressure to be yourself if you're a black comic, I think. Because you can be weird and fucking gross and be white. We hear yeah. motherfuckers do weird shit all the time. Every day. All the fuckers are like, motherfuckers make me uncomfortable. <laughs> Which is a lot. Which is a lot, exactly. A lot. But when they say this wild shit, like, ew, you're disgusting. Like, you're fucking, like, if I were like, if you were the comic, I'd punch the shit out of you for saying that wild, goofy shit about kids. Like, they gotta slap the shit out of you. But only white Good. boys get that room to be so motherfucking weird. And shit. Yeah, yeah, weird. Black comics can be weird, but there is a level of weirdness. And you have to be really funny to, to, to be able to operate in that weirdness. True shit. Uh, the nigga we did the show at Fire at Wheaton or Silver Spring with, with the big tall dude. Da, 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 who's that? The tall nigga who did, did the gay joke, the gay porn joke. Oh, Wayne. Wayne. His shit is weird by black standards. Yes. But white standards, that's just what white boys want to talk about. And my guy, and I, tranny porn. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That, that's a fucking opener for white boys. Some of them. But I, I, just, I was like, yo, you really have confidence in your material because you do it in front of black people. And because it's, it's, it's something we don't hear, it makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, ooh, this is <laughs> gross. But I respect the fact that you do it. I respect the fact that you do Fair it. Enough. Because, though, and half the time, some of the white comics who do it, I'm talking, about, I'm, I'm talking about the motherfuckers we interact with. Yeah. They do it just for the shock. They're not even trying to make motherfuckers laugh. There's no punchline. It's just, I'm saying a bunch of 
weird Fuck up shit. shit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm hoping for a haha in the midst of a <gasps> which I get the 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 gasp is a part of it. That, yeah. that, that's a part of the, the ride. But nigga, you just doing it to say weird shit. And if if I sense that, I don't like that shit. I'd be like, nah, nigga, you really want to do that shit you be talking about. You know, that, that, <laughs> like, you've thought about it because you've done it or because you've been close to doing it. You didn't, there's no humor in there. You didn't find humor in it. You just think it's cheeky and weird. And so you want to just fucking throw some shit up against the wall and see what sticks. Like, yeah, there's no comedy in that. Or you're just. I mean, that is comedy. It's just how far are you willing to take okay, it yeah, for, the, right. for, the, for the for the laugh. Let it go. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's just weird. It's weird. Goals and what you want comedy to do for you. Talk, talk. You already touched on um wanting to give you a front I yard. More immediate goals. Immediate. Well, give me, give me two immediate, two long term. Uh, immediate goal. You know, I I had for the longest I wanted to get on the improv, the DC improv. But the more I've been doing it, and you know, that's either I gotta be more diligent, or you know, I've also just like, you know, maybe I gotta go get it elsewhere. And so I've started to, I wanna maintain the same energy and going out to these other places. I gotta get out, of, I gotta go to Philly. Yeah. Gotta, and not just going to their comedy room. I gotta go in the shit. You gotta go out and just know where the rooms are. So you know what? Fuck it, I don't gotta work tomorrow. I'm gonna take off tomorrow. I'm gonna go to Philly and do two rooms. And start building momentum elsewhere. Because I want I want everyone to think I'm funny. But I it's, it's something about having your own people think you're funny. And yeah. not be and like I'm not doing I'm being myself. And that's one of the like I mean, we were talking about Corey Holcomb. When we like, we were talking about him having other shit outside of the the relationship shit. And yes. that's, that's the umbrella. But especially on the show, the Fifty One Fifty show, yeah. he talks about so much more. And when you just see someone who has really built a a a cult like backing with just it was support from his people from street shit like yep. motherfuckers in the street know that nigga but he, he puts put, himself he, there too exactly he puts yeah. himself in those in those urban rooms and in urban urban spots or even walk the streets like he was giving out merch he said for his upcoming show Billy yeah. walking the streets walking hey, the street, take this shirt show. buy the sh- buy the ticket that is some motherfucking cult shit yep. he's he is he doesn't get enough credit for it and I'm sure he burns bridges. We both watched the show. It never say what the fuck is on his mind. But that you gotta fucking admire that shit. Yeah, you, you gotta it. admire that shit that he has got it. He the nigga ain't in movies. He may be in one or two movies. I mean, he on Black Jesus. What you mean? Well, okay, but I'm talking about he's in a Kevin Hart's movie, and that's because him and Kevin Hart are cool. Which movie? Wedding, wedding. The joint about with Kevin Hart's the the best man. Oh, best man. Okay, best man. Yeah. yeah. He's in that movie, but it's not like the nigga not on TV for real. He's on Black Jesus. But other than that, he just tore. He grinds his ass off. Yep. And he has his show. He has a 5150 show, which is probably more popular than either of you, than we, than anyone gives a credit for it. Yeah. Unless you know you see the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. I think they average 24 million views a uh, show. Right. Stream. That shit is amazing. And for him to just YouTube. 
upload on YouTube. They just record it. And, yeah, like, and it, it's just a do-it-yourself mentality. And hell, truth be told, sometimes I question my own shit. And it's like, damn, do I have enough drive? I be out here chilling. Should I just do the overmights and come home? You know, like, what am I really working? And am I hustling the way I need to hustle? I question myself about that. But from a comedic standpoint, that nigga is a... He's on my Mount Rushmore. I don't give a fuck what you say. That nigga is, is amazing. For what he is uh, be able to accomplish, and not be someone that white folks have put it put in front of us. Yeah, not somebody who got who was chosen exactly to, to, to be successful. You're our holy negro. Exactly. You get Hell, your time. A lot of years. times, niggas don't like that shit, or or black. Uh, it's mostly black women who don't like some of the shit that he said. I took my girlfriend to a show. There was some shit she didn't want to laugh at that shit, but she did. I would never take my girl to a black to a Corey Holcomb show, and not because of Corey, but because she's not going to be comfortable with it, and I know it. But that's why I took her. I wanted. To, I had another girl, my girlfriend before her. Oh, the test one. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> I wanted to take her to a show, but I, it didn't happen. We were going to bring it up. I took me and my homeboy went. Laughed our asses off. Yeah, you should. But there were black women there who were rolling. Who were fucking? We saw that nigga at the improv. Nigga, that shit was ridiculous how funny it was. Because he's funny. He's fucking funny. And I took her. We went, We had a free show. No, no, no. That was different. It was the show with Corey, DC Curry, D-Ray. Earthquake. No, D-Ray wasn't there. Was and Chico Bean. Chico Bean. It was, was a chick on the show, right? Some huh? more or somebody? No, no. This was a while ago. It's like Oh, okay. Not last year. Okay. And yeah, there was some shit that made her uncomfortable. Yeah. But... She laughed at it. The shit that she really didn't laugh at, she didn't laugh at. But the shit that she couldn't hide laughing at, she laughed at. And it fucked up. It's like, also, it's not It's not like poverty joke. You don't got to be broke. It's just if you out here single fucking with women and dealing with the shit, you, yeah. it's, it's relatable. Like, yeah, I've been there. I've had to do that shit. Everybody's had to. You exactly. And no one likes to admit it. Nigga, that shit is fucking hilarious. That shit is, ah. And you end up, with a motherfucking son, because of it, because of the shit that you, you know, you just talk about the shit. Because of a Corey Oldham joke. Uh, yeah, because of, yeah, <laughs> and you'd be like, damn, you ain't lying, I done been through that shit. And what's, and what's great, and it's also a barometer of what type of woman you have with you. Yeah. Any, if you can take your girl to a Corey Oldham show, and she, still and she be does there. not get up and walk out, or she is not, if she will listen and laugh at some of it, you, you can work with that. I can work with that. Yeah. If she just acts like, oh my god, because the girl that it was a dude next to me, and it was a girl, or the girl was next to me, the dude was on the side. That was arm falling the entire time, <laughs> and she, I'm, and she just did not look like she was having a good. She was not having fun. She was not, and it looked like he was kind of laughing at some of it, kind of not, kind of worried. Yeah, yeah kind of worried. And who the fuck wants to spend your life with someone like that? It's. I mean, not us, but it's dudes willing to make sacrifices upon themselves or about themselves in order to have happiness in other situations. And shit. Right. Now, it's compromising themselves. I wouldn't want to let her. There are some parts of the 5150 show I want her to hear, but I wouldn't let yeah. her live. I wouldn't make sure yeah, to listen to the whole, to the whole show. I don't want to subscribe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out this one. But uh, go to the comedy show? Yeah, let's go, man. I, maybe listen. Some of this shit you're not going to like, but it's going to be. I'm going to laugh. So we'll deal with it later. And yeah. hey, that's a sign. You know, she ain't like that shit, but she's laughing at some other. Oh, no. 
right, back to. So I want you to have, you know, lots of buku time with your son and shit. Two short term, two long term drinks. Short term, um, I want to get, I, I want to travel more. I gotta take my travel more outside of this DC shit, and I want to, I want it to be good travel. I want to go go somewhere, have a good set, show strength, and network. Okay. You know, just get somebody like, oh, man, you funny. Yeah, come back. Let me know when you're coming back. And it might not be for no pay shit, but let me know when you're in town. And I can be like, okay, okay, cool. I'm going to motherfucking Pittsburgh. Or I'm going to Philly. Or I'm going to Richmond. Or I'm going to wherever the fuck else. And they're like, oh, yeah, what's up, Alex? Hey, hey, my man from D.C. is here. Yeah. Start building a name. Yeah, right start now. building something. So I can take shit that I think is funny here. And go on the road with it. I gotta find find your nuts. I was Alex Scott was telling me that shit. He was like, he said, You on the road yet? I was like, nah, not yet. He's like, all right, well, you know, that's where, that's where you gotta go. You gotta go on the road. And he was, me and him were talking. He was like, I had a job. He said, I was making I was making seventy thousand dollars a year in my job when I quit to go on the road. Right, but I, mean, I didn't mean to put the money, but just to he left. So he left stability. Comfortable. Yeah, he left. He left a comfortable life to go do comedy to bet on himself. That's another thing. Like you gotta respect like back to core open, but just to better yourself. And I wanna, I wanna better myself. I. It's I know goal number funny. two. Huh? Goal number two is better yourself. Short term. To be able to to find my lane and to find how do I how do I capitalize on it. From a network perspective, short term. I want to travel more. Two each. Oh, I got two each. Yeah, give me two each. It's four. Um, I'm surprised. I had lots of each. Where my short term girl goes. Uh, I want to have a solid twenty in the next calendar year. Okay. Solid twenty. Solid twenty minutes. You can take anywhere. Take anywhere. Fair enough. And what's too But that, that's oh. strong is here because if it's if I if I got a strong 10, 15 here, I can take that anywhere. I can take fifteen anywhere. You would hope. I, I mean you yeah, test right. it on you the road hope. to find out. You're right, you want to test it on the road, but that's what I want to go out on the road, see where I'm at with what I what with what with what I got, and then be able to look at myself in the mirror and say, Okay, I need to get better. But I got something. Fair enough. Um I want to be able to pay the bills, pay the bills with comedy, uh, allow me to work with other comedians, allow me to do something that's not, I'm not going to go punch a clock every day. Um, that'll allow me to be creative, that allow me to argue with people, that allow me to hear some different shit or see some different shit, get a different perspective. And in the in the vein of comedy and creating truth and some funny, and, and some laughter that can yeah. be consumed by people. Okay. With my name on it, and others who you know helped out. Is that one and two, or is that like all one? One and, one and two. Fair enough. All right, and then all right. Lastly, official plugs. Where are you at? Upcoming. Where can people find you upcoming? Where can they connect with you online and all that stuff? Um, on uh, let's see. Let me do Twitter first. On Twitter. Okay. Uh, you know what? Actually, my Twitter is al underscore x. 
B R O W N underscore. I'm just gonna give you my name to type in, and my shit will come up. Cause my at name is different, and you can change your at, but the actual handle. Yeah. And it's the same for my Instagram. Shout out to Rob Gordon. Rob Gordon told me, you know, keep all that shit the same. Yeah. Rob Gordon's another dude who's good with advice. That nigga keep you keep it hundred with you. Okay. And upcoming shows, where can they find you at? Um, uh, doing a lot of open mics. But the next show that you need that you need to have your ass at is at the DC Comedy Festival. I will be performing April 10th and April 12th. April 10th at Cloak and Dagger at 8 p.m. April 12th at Busboys and Poets on 14th Street in Washington, D.C., Northwest, at 9 p.m. So, uh, DC Comedy Festival, it will be national touring comedians uh, pretty much that whole week of the 10th and the 15th in D.C. And I have been chosen to perform alongside with them. So, I'm going to come and shit on the stage. And, yeah, and from that, I'm going to see what, what happens with it, you know. That's pretty much, that's what I'm working toward right now. That's what everything I'm doing up until the 12th at midnight. Yeah. All right. And then, all right, this is optional. What's one piece of advice you receive that you would want to share with other people trying to come up in the field you in? I would say, and you're going to hear this a lot. It's very cliche. Um, Find your voice. That's that's obvious. Which is going to take. Hopefully, it doesn't take super long. Because if it does, then that means seven to not, ten. Huh? Seven to ten, at least. Mm-hmm. Years. Seven to ten years at least. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean. I mean, what's something that's I helped think I'm you? Comfortable. I think I'm comfortable in in my voice and what I'm saying. How I'm, and, you know? I think that that's me. But it, you know. I still have people who I who I have influences from, and that you, you can hear your influences, but you can hear influences in everybody. Of course. But I would say find your voice, and also, this is something that I do. Don't ask advice from motherfuckers you don't think funny, who don't make you laugh. I only ask people, <laughs> I only give people's advice if I think they're funny. If you don't make me laugh, I'm not going to ask you advice. Now, now, you need to pay attention to everyone. Pay attention to everyone and everything, but the motherfuckers who make you laugh get their advice. All right, man. Hey, Alex, appreciate you have having you on and stuff, man. Uh, it's been a pleasure. This is your boy Justin. Please find the podcast on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, and all that good stuff. And we'll be back soon enough with some more. Thank y'all. Take it easy. See you later. Peace.